0: Welcome to On The Up & Up. I'm your host, Kira LaForge, and every week I'm bringing you behind the scenes of running a successful business. Join me while we laugh, learn, and connect on mostly HR inappropriate topics with successful founders, diverse leaders, and kick-ass employees. It's true, your HR lady may have fired your bestie or made you sign a love contract, but we also have all the hot gossip that will make you better at your job whether you're on your way up the corporate ladder, are a fellow HR villain, or are building a culture as a rising entrepreneur. We made it. We made it through launch week. I hope you have enjoyed our first three episodes. Um, We really do want to make sure that we are creating content and lessons and conversations that actually matter to those that we have in our audience and are hoping to bring towards our audience. And how do you know if you're in the right place? Well, because if you are a person who works in HR or if you are responsible for managerial decisions on a team, if you are a leader or a potential leader of a remote team or an in-person team, and if you are an entrepreneur who is in the process of building a team. So today's topic really does lend itself to all of those positions. All of us that advise in management or HR have to make decisions constantly that are going to affect whether or not we're going to bring another person onto our teams or even sometimes if we're going to remove a person from our teams. So at the end of the day, we do want to make sure that we're being really smart with our hiring decisions. And one of the ways that we can do that is by making sure that we kind of bust through the fluff a little bit and some of the absolutely horrendous advice that I see out there on the daily on a daily basis, whether from other corporate leadership coaches or leadership professionals that are highly removed from the day to day structure of the very quickly developing work environment and rapidly changing Desires of our employees and our businesses, and what we want to gain from our businesses as entrepreneurs. So, what I tried to do with this episode today was to think about the three things that I look for when I'm talking to a business owner or a leader, and they are questioning whether or not bringing on another team member is in their immediate future. So Basically, what I've done is narrow it down to three topics that we have to hit in every single conversation that I have with someone that has this question. Is it time for me to hire somebody? What should I know? What should I do before I can be confident that I'm ready? And the first topic, I guess the first category is capacity. So the question of Is your ability to create revenue impeded by your capacity limits will be a huge indicator of whether or not it's time to bring somebody onto your team. So in the entrepreneurial space or even in the operations space, we are going to always be challenging our ability to optimize and streamline processes in order to reduce the need for a person to come onto our team and pick up some slack or lend their expertise, whatever the situation calls for. So the examples that I'm going to use today are the ones that we hear the most throughout working with our clients of primarily online-based small businesses. So when I say small businesses, I mean sometimes it's teams of two or three employees, sometimes it's a solopreneur thinking about hiring employees, and it's sometimes even people that are breaking past the 25 employee mark and are really focused on the ability to scale while making sure that things are being maintained and their ability to adapt to a changing work environment is front and center so that they can optimize the people that they have. So one of the things that comes up with capacity is it could represent a few different things for you. It could mean that you are hitting your capacity with time, so you really don't have any more time to create any other revenue options with the systems and offers that you already have in place. The second is money. Sometimes the way that we can create revenue is by investing. So some what that may look like for some of us is running an agency model that primarily focuses on subcontracted workers. And another capacity limit is energy. So we talk a ton about energy because when you bring someone onto your team, it's not a direct exchange of tasks and money. There is an energy exchange that's involved in this as well. And that is definitely going to be on another episode where we're going to dive into that a little bit more and what how that really represents what leadership is. But in this particular case, we do want to make sure that we are considering our energy levels and our ability to manage our energy as part of this decision when we're thinking about our capacity. So if you're sitting down right now listening to this episode and you're like, great, Kira's going to tell me what I need to ask myself before I hire or don't, um, (laughs) then just consider that the first question is, If you can simply answer, are you able to create more revenue given the capacity that you have right now? And I'll I'll kind of pause for a second. Can you tweak your processes? Can you tweak your operations? Do you have the time to tweak your operations? Do you have the time to create new ways of getting revenue? Do you have time to create in general? Or can you afford to outsource the support and help that you need in order to create more capacity? And when we're referring to that, it's not in the sense of people operations, but maybe it's something a little bit more like your day to day time, your You know, maybe your home life or managing your meals or if you have a partner, then making sure that you have time set aside for your partner and that it's not cutting in to your capacity that you've laid out for your business on your time. Um, It could be something as simple as a cleaning person, a laundry service, a cooking subscription, like HelloFresh or something. Um and we do also want to make sure that you are considering that this may be a multifaceted question, but if your initial gut instinct is I can't fit anything else in, that's why I'm listening to this, then you probably can't. The answer is probably no. I can't create any more revenue or I can't create at all anything that is going to create Uh, revenue based on my current capacity. And that's okay. And that means that we're leaning more in the direction of you should probably think about who you can hire for your business. So that's a yes. However, if you're like, no, I, you know, I've got I don't have too many clients. I have a lot of time on my hands. I think I have a little bit of investment money that I can use. My uncle told me he could help me by, you know, investing in my business so that I can outsource a couple of major design tasks or build an app or whatever the case may be, depending on what your business looks like. Um, Those are going to be times when you're like, you know what, I've got energy, I've got time and I've got a little bit of money or one of those things that can help me get to the next level before bringing another person into the business. So it can be a difficult question to answer, but many people are going to see it on paper and say, yeah, that's definitely true. If I had another person that could handle X, Y and Z, my time would open up and I'd have more time for marketing or podcast guesting, PR opportunities, guest speaking, uh, building relationships with with fellow potential affiliates, seeking out help and advice, getting coaching and really diving into what it looks like to get to the next level in my business. Um, there's so many different ways that creating more capacity in your business can actually impact your revenue. So a lot of times we're going to see this as a yes. Um, but there are going to be occasions where we're really lucky and we're like, you know what? I think I've got a lot of help and support and I'm able to handle most of this on my own and I don't think I need to hire. And to that I say, great job. (laughs) Godspeed. You're doing awesome. But don't be afraid to... To get down to the point of the question, which is at a certain point, if you're if you have growth in your goals, then you are going to want to make sure that you can increase your capacity, even if it is just so that you have more energy to exchange with the world so that you can market your business better, show up better for yourself or even show up for your partner, maybe start another business, you know, whatever the case may be. Okay, so the next one, this is a big one, and it often comes up when we're working with our clients that may not feel that they are ready to take on the responsibility of someone else in their business, which we really do respect. Um, So, one of the main things that we try to cover a little bit on our calls with with clients that are coming in and they're like, I'm not sure if I'm ready. I don't know if I'm ready. I don't really want to hire employees. I don't really want to outsource anything. Um, Then we start to talk about their mindset. So that's the second category here. So when it's time to bring on support in your business, and we're primarily talking about long term growth related support. So that's often going to come in the package of an employee. But occasionally it can be a short term project or a contractor that helps you get from one side of the stream to the other. I don't know what that means, but whatever. Um, And so that can be really affected by your mindset. And we will see this a lot when it comes to the relationship that our clients have had with previous employers and leaders in the past. Our clients that have had really bad experiences in corporate or corporate trauma or really evil bosses or some of us that have been pushed out of our previous work environment because it was an unsafe or a bad situation. Um, I mean, one in three women get sexually harassed at work, so it's not that unlikely that some of us may be kind of have a little bit of a bad taste in our in our mouth for being either a part of a team, being a boss, or just the general term of being someone's boss. So when we're talking about mindset, it's very, very common for us to want to take a step back and think, is this really something I want? Because it should feel like a commitment. So the question that you're asking yourself, the second question here is, are you ready to change the way you view your business to make space for true support? So what this may look like to you, there's a few different ways that this can manifest. Number one, it's just the simple version of, can I rise above the client work, the day-to-day grind, the nitty gritty, the micromanagement of my materials, of my services, of my coaching, and start to think about it in a way that expands my viewpoint for how another person could come in and truly support me in the building and development of my business. So that can be a really tough question to ask yourself, but how does it actually look? So when we're saying, are you ready to change the way you view your business to make space for true support? We're thinking about what is the functionality of your business in regards to how you view your life? If your business is or your career or however this is kind of playing in for you, if your role in as a manager is actually going to be truly affected by the way that you see your day to day job, if someone else was there to help you in a new way, then you have to address it prior to bringing that person in. Otherwise, it's going to be shell shock for both of you. There's going to be micromanaging tendencies. There's going to be toxic leadership behaviors. There's going to be toxic control issues. There's going to be a discomfort with true delegation. And that creates a really unsafe psychological environment for team members to come in. And it really stifles the creativity of our businesses. And I've had plenty of experiences with this, both as an employee and as a leader, making mistakes and also in the ways that I haven't made mistakes. And I can tell you that the biggest thing was that second topic that we're talking about today. And that second question was how I'm going to view my business in order to ensure that when I am bringing someone in to my space that's truly there to support me, that I am trusting that this is the right move and I feel confident that that's the obvious next step. So of course, it's kind of meta because that's like the whole reason we're talking about this in the first place. Three questions to ask yourself before you hire. And the second one is, are you ready to change your mindset? Um, That like TikTok sound comes, comes to mind. It's like, Are you ready to change your life? And it's like, I will not do that. No, I will not do that. (laughs) I feel like that happens quite a bit. Um, And I guess I just want to give you permission that if you're not in that mindset space, then you're not. And that's okay. You don't have to force yourself to get there. Uh, Just make sure that you're able to really differentiate the way that you're choosing to run your business and view your business and that you're choosing the growth that you're having, because sometimes it's okay. Sometimes you're in maintenance mode and that's totally fine. And then eventually when you're ready, you can start to feel a little bit of a shift in the way that you're viewing your business and the way that you're viewing the way you interact with your business and the way that you can start to carve out areas where other people can truly support you. And if I sound a little impassioned about this, it's because I have made every single mistake to the point of getting to a place where I was so burned out that I was diagnosed with PTSD from burnout. And this was back in 2019. So it's I think it's probably going to be a whole episode just because it's sort of the paradigm origin story and also why we do what we do and why we do it so differently than other HR and um, growth consultants. But I will say that if You are feeling a little bit uncertain about how to answer that question, or you're not really sure what that looks like or what that means, then it's okay to reflect on it a little bit. And it's also okay to kind of lean in the direction of I don't really want to change the way I view my business right now. I love my role. And if that means that my revenues aren't going to expand because I don't 100% feel safe enough, or Ready to offload some of that to true support, there's nothing wrong with it. So, in that question, it's okay that you're going to go with no. And I don't want anyone to ever feel any type of shame or hold themselves back from. telling themselves or maybe their coach or whoever they're talking to about their business that they're not ready to take that next step because it truly has to be a full body yes in order for you to truly show up and get the most from expanding your business and expanding your company and bringing on true support. And I say true support like that because there's just so much like honky nonsense out there about like, I'm going to come in and support your business and change everything about the way that you work. And it's like. I mean, if you haven't got burned a time or two, <laughs> then good for you. But I think many of us can really relate to having that fear because maybe we've thought we were getting support in the past, but it turned out to be more of a headache and more difficult than it was worth to outsource to that support or to ask for that support. And that may show up in your in your life, in your patterns, something maybe you might chat with your therapist about a little bit. Um, And, you know, there's all kinds of literature and documentation and information out there now about just in general people being scammed by different ways that vulnerable people have gone out and looked for support. And then it's come back in a sense of like, oh, yeah, that was kind of a huge waste of money and time. And I regret it more than anything. And I'm a little gun shy to truly look for support that's going to help me get to the next level in any part of their life, not just their business. Um, So, yeah, that's why I think it's very, very important that we sandwiched the two categories that we're talking or the three categories that we're talking about today with that mindset discussion. Um, another person who talks about this a lot is my very good friend and former client. Her name is Dana, Dana Schuler. She is a coach for photographers and she has mastered the art of talking about what it means to truly hire support and to show up for the people that you're supporting. Um, so definitely go check her out and we'll include her Instagram handle in links as well. Um, okay, so the third category. So <laughs> this one is the one that everyone thinks I'm going to lead with. So I think this is more, ca- more of a category that people are assuming is going to be the most important. But as is my way, I will not give it all of the attention that the clout out there in the internet and in the hiring advice and in the hiring quizzes and in the Um, traditional consulting give it because truthfully, we want to make sure that you can afford to hire. um, And that is why we want to include it in this list. But it is not the number one thing. So the third category here, instead of having it be revenue, it's stability. Okay, so let me explain. So we will see and I will have clients come to me and they'll say, hey, Here we are. I'm finally hitting my 10K a month mark, which is just like also nonsense. Like every it doesn't mean you're successful because you're hitting 10K a month. It absolutely does not. Um, There have been times in our business where we have hit 6K and then the next month hit 40. and, And then the month after that, it's 18 and then it's 22. And it all that it all that matters with that is just when people's payment plans are starting. And what we have decided we can afford and what type of marketing campaigns are going on at that time. And if there's a launch and, you know, whatever. So what I want to actually focus on here is stability, because I think it's you're going to find a little bit of freedom and comfort in understanding the third question that you should ask yourself. So the third question that you're going to ask yourself to find out if you're ready to hire is what is the amount of money and how long do I need to sustain it in order to feel stable enough to be ready to take this next step? So quite simply, we want you to identify the stability of revenue that's over a certain period of time that makes you feel comfortable with bringing on support. So whether you tell me that your average month is 30000 or we've had clients that have had million dollar months um, or 100000 or even 8000 which is probably where you're at, if you're listening to this episode, um, if you're averaging a solid amount of money in the 5 to 15 to $20,000 range, no matter who you are in that in that frame, you can't actually predict when it's going to be the right time to hire because every single business is so different. And if anyone tells you that your revenue has to be XX amount in order for you to go out and get support, they're full of crap because A, we've worked with over 60 businesses that have all different revenue marks and revenue points and all different types of businesses, some brick and mortar, Some led by men, some most led by women. Some are online, fully online businesses. Some are creative businesses. Some are second businesses that are just put in place because of a passion project. Um, Some of these businesses are looking to hire because their revenue is stable, but they're going to need to go on a maternity leave and they want to spend precious time with their baby. Some of these businesses are thinking about... Totally different things like maybe their revenue is two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a month, but their overhead because they're an e-commerce business is one hundred and seventy five. And now you're looking at a margin that is significantly lower than some of our businesses that are online businesses. Let's say a graphic designer that's averaging somewhere in the six to twelve thousand dollar a month range. St- stably over the course of six or seven months, but their overhead is less than a thousand dollars a month every single month. So no matter what, their margins are going to be so much bigger. The main difference here is what position that you're hiring for that you can afford. So whenever it comes down to trying to decide whether or not you're ready to hire for your business. The third question you're going to always ask is, what is the number that I'm comfortable with and how long do I have to maintain that number in order to feel stable? So it's not necessarily going to be about revenue. It may be more about profit margins and it may be more about just proving to yourself that for the last six months, my average revenue has been XX amount. And now I know that I'm able to go back and answer those first two questions in a way that makes me feel really solid and comfortable. Now, what I do want to say is that sometimes we will get to a point in our business where we are going back to that first question where we are sure that our capacity limits are completely blown out of the water. We don't even have time to keep up on the clients that we already have, in which case that is a 10 out of 10 full body. Yes, my ability to create revenue is impeded by my capacity limits and our mindset might be a little wishy washy. Maybe it's a five out of 10. I'm not sure if I'm ready to change the way I view my business in order to make space for true support. That might not be 100 percent there for you yet. And then you get to this category and you're like, okay, well, I'm taking a look at things and I'm realizing that the ability for me to make more money is directly impacted by my opportunity to take a look at my stable revenue and put some of that towards another individual person that can help me to open up some of that capacity. So what I'd instead rather having rather than most advice out there, which is starting with your revenue number and then kind of boiling it down from there, we really just want to actually take a step to slow down and realize where we're at as a whole with these three questions. And once you get there, then you can actually take this brilliant idea of reverse engineering what you can actually afford based on what your business actually needs. So in the reflection of these three questions in your capacity limits, your mindset in order to make space for true support and in managing your stability and your revenue, there's going to be some things that are popping out that are going to be easy one offs for areas of your business that can pull up some more time to create some more capacity that are going to be that are going to be on the more comfortable side for your mindset. Like, for example, if you have absolutely no desire to do any kind of tech in your business, then maybe your mindset does feel a little bit better about changing the way you view your business to make space for true support when you're thinking that somebody could come in and handle all of those tech operations for you. Um, Maybe you're a little bit more of an introverted person and just thinking about the time and energy that you spend preparing for client calls or sales calls or things like that marketing endeavors, in-person presentations, and that is what's really taking you over the top on your capacity limits, it makes a lot of sense to try to knock out two birds with one stone and try to get some of the things off your plate that you really don't enjoy, that are zapping away at your energy, zapping away at your capacity limits, and feel kind of good when it comes to the mindset of making space for true support. Um, So I used to talk all about, let's just think about what takes the most of your time, And the thing that you hate the most and let's like kind of like finagle it around a little bit and let's get that off your plate immediately. And to that, I say, great job. Go do it. Go figure out what those things are. It can be something as simple as a version of a pro con list where you're kind of listing out all the things that you wish you never had to do again and all the things that you really, really love to do and all the things that you really, really that take a lot of time and taking a little bit of time to compare those things and seeing if they all fall into the same category. You can actually check out our blog. We have a four pillars series that will help you to identify which area of your business or which department of your business might catch most of those things, um, which can help you to start the process of designing a job description. Going back to um, that stability topic, we do want to make sure that you're taking a moment to reverse engineer the budget based on your business needs through an overarching lens so being able to have a solid understanding of what you're comfortable with getting off of your plate but also what you're comfortable managing or not managing because that will also help us decide if you need a contractor or an employee so you can go back one episode and we can talk a little bit about that but at the end of the day the business needs are always going to come first and then we're going to reverse engineer it from there the second element of this that we didn't really talk too much about last week but that comes into play with the three questions you ask yourself before you hire is that that stability and that revenue number that's coming up as your average revenue number that you're going to have to work with each week is actually also going to be able to help you to decide on the budget. So when it comes to hiring employees, you have a lot more flexibility on what you're willing and able to pay someone when it comes to hiring contractors. You're going to let them tell you what they charge and then you're going to decide to what level you can afford that support. So just think about that a little bit when you're deciding whether or not you're ready for this. Okay, so for the last few minutes here, I just want to talk about the things that you don't need to do before you take that next step to hire. And I'm sure that throughout this conversation, there's been a few things that have come up that you're like, wait, what about in this particular case for my business? Or what about that? Because I'm a manager of a team of 12 and we're considering hiring an admin to help us all manage our meeting calendars, something along those lines. There's many different ways that we can look at this that is going to give us the same result. Um, Whether you are in charge of the budget or not, you can still actually make really solid recommendations in order to, to your supervisor, to your boss, or to the higher ups of your company, if you feel that there is more support needed and that there that it can be afforded. So, when you're making the case for this, if you're an HR pro or if you're a manager and you know that you need more support, think about these three questions and don't think about the next four. <laughs> so, when especially when we're talking with entrepreneurs that have small teams or are sometimes thinking about hiring their next person. So, I'll be honest in my journey right now, I have one employee on my team at Paradigm, but manage a company that has over 40. So I have, you know, pull from lots of different areas when it comes to this advice and talking through how we consult on our clients that have all different sizes of businesses and, and different types of production and different types of fulfillment models and all that good stuff. So when I'm thinking about this for my own business, and we have previously had other employees in the past and we have always learned from those experiences and have always gotten great relationships out of those things. But I will say that I am at a place right now in Paradigm where I'm not 100% sure if I'm ready to take on the responsibility of having another person on my team outside of my lead HR and Ops person, Kylie. So the main thing with that is that throughout the course of this po- this podcast, I also want to make sure that I can openly discuss the things that are going on in my own business without necessarily putting anybody on blast. <laughs> um, so we will try not to use people's real names. You'll likely not know um, where the stories are coming from. So when you are reaching out or DMing or sending me a voice memo, just know that if we're going to talk about this during Uh, during a podcast with the exception of my own business where I still would you know keep people's names private except for Kylie sorry Kylie Um, then you can feel free to to let me know to the extent that you're comfortable with us sharing or even if you'd like to record something or come on and talk about it because the whole point of this podcast is so that we can all learn from each other Um, so on that note Because I can't help but be a little bit contrarian, and I can't stop seeing all the bad advice out there for hiring, especially when it comes to online entrepreneurs or small business owners, I'm going to tell you the four things that I don't think you should give two shits about when you're making this tough decision. It is my opinion that taking those three questions that I already summarized above about capacity, mindset and revenue stability, that's enough to think about without having to also think about these four things that all these people are telling everybody to constantly be worried about where it's absolutely not the case so we already touched on the first one which is the revenue of XX amount we do not need you worrying about making 10k months in order to hit the point in your business where it's time to hire somebody else we do not need you thinking about those numbers in order to decide whether or not it's time to bring someone onto your team what we are looking for is not an amount, but consistent, predictable revenue so that you can reverse engineer the job description, the support that you need, and the amount that you're able to budget and pay them. The second thing that you don't need is a desire to grow and expand your business at a rapid rate. So I'll be honest, a lot of our marketing materials do cater towards the companies that are out there that really want to grow and expand their team. Hiring can mean growth, don't get me wrong. Or it could mean maintenance, a hire, a really good hire, a supportive hire can mean the difference between a radically busy life for you and a truly sustainable business model with less profit. Neither are wrong. So when you're thinking about the decisions that you need to make, don't think that you have to be a person that is chasing their tail and wanting to grow and expand and hire the next person and the next person and the next person and no profit margin, no profit amount, no 20K, 30K, 40K k month is ever going to be enough. You don't have to be that person. The amount that your business is currently bringing to you right now in regards to revenues and profits can be enough to hire someone, just depending on how you want it to feel and how you want to show up for your business. So that number two thing that you don't need is a desire to grow and expand your business, especially at a rapid rate. So the third thing here is SOP libraries. So in our set to scale community, which is a collective membership for uh, mostly our clients that come in and maintain all of their HR or Those of you who join us that are thinking about getting into that mode where you've always wanted to have a team and you're not sure how to get to that next level or your business has proven itself, but hiring has never been something that you thought you were going to have to do. And so you're just getting used to the idea. Set to Scale does manage all of those things. Um, And one of the conversations that we had last week was talking to these amazingly successful business owners with multiple team members at this point and talking about if it's time to hire the next person, what that position should look like. And I'm embarrassed to bring someone into this role because my processes are all over the place because my business grew too fast or I am not great at building these types of processes. Nothing is put together. I, my back end of my business is a disaster and I don't want anyone to know. Sorry, but like that's just not something you need. So regardless of what that Instagram account is telling you about how you can't grow your business without an SOP library, I'm here to tell you that that's not true. Some of us do function really well with our operations processed, and written down, monitored, and kept all in one place in a beautiful little SOP library. And they are important to have, especially eventually as you're growing, but you don't need them to hire support for the first time. My strategy has always been, and that was Dixie, she's saying hi, um, my my process has always been I'm going to bring somebody on my team that I trust to help build those those SOPs build those standard operating procedures alongside me. I'm bringing people in that I care about and value their opinion even at the entry-level positions. So I am so curious to know why everyone thinks that you have to have all your operations fully fleshed out on the back end before you ever bring someone onto your internal team when our internal team bring us the best ideas. And when you're open to those ideas, they in turn create a psychologically safe and really creative workplace that keep people around for a long time. And that is something I'm really confident about. Not everybody that I hire sticks around forever, but I am actually celebrating 10 years at the company that I am working at that I work at full time as the COO Um, I am there physically one day a week and then the rest of the time I am lucky enough to have a different type of role in that company at this point Um, but I in regards to that 10 years there have been one of my main directors, the people that I work the closest with, has only been at that company for seven months shorter than I have. So she's going to be celebrating her 10 years in the company, too. And my paradigm team, while we have shifted and shake uh, shaken a little bit over the last few years, Kylie, my lead HR and ops strategist, has Grown with me from an ops and marketing assistant to being my right hand in the true and every sense of the word, learning systems with me, experimenting with me, and collaborating with me to the point now where no process really feels done until I can get Kylie's eyes on it and we can talk through it together. And that's just my opinion. But I'm trying to say that you don't have to have all your shit figured out before you bring someone in to help you get your shit figured out. Doesn't that seem a little weird? So, anyway, also, I've seen a bad. Back end of a lot of really successful businesses. And there is always things that we can do to make things look a little bit cleaner and a little bit tidier. But the main thing is always going to be to show up for your team in the best way you can through consistent pay, consistent projects, psychological safety, and a lot of ability to move within their roles and a lot of autonomy. So If that means that you feel most comfortable managing your team once you have an entire SOP library built out, then by all means, get after it. But don't count yourself out if you're not a person that really thrives in that type of space. And the last thing is KPI dashboards. So... Oftentimes, when we're working with businesses, there has been thought of KPIs. There are business-wide KPIs. There are team-wide KPIs, which is really great and really cool. Um, but sometimes there's none of that. And everyone is just building something and trying to figure out the best way to get from A to B to keep the revenue coming in. And those markers that are showing whether you're having success or not are quite simple. There is everybody getting paid each month? Are we getting new clients? And... Are we having consistency in our revenue and enjoying going to work every day? So if those are your KPIs, great. That's absolutely wonderful. You don't need them all to be all figured out before you bring someone on your team. Of course, in our services, we will give you KPIs that you can easily manage, but What I recommend is to actually go and watch some of Trina Little's content where she talks about building KPIs for her team. She's had the same team for a long time, but just this last year, she's built KPIs into that model. And while it has been really helpful because everybody can take ownership over their positions, it wasn't necessary for her to start growing her business, which has been around for, I think, six years now. So at the end of the day, There is that saying again. Um, I want to make sure that you feel confident that you can actually think about those three questions at the beginning of the podcast episode and not think about the four things that we just talked about here when you're deciding on whether or not to hire. So maybe that will reframe some of the ways that you've been thinking through those three questions if you really take out the things that I don't believe you need to have sorted, which is a specific revenue amount a desire to grow and expand, especially rapidly, having all your back-end shit together through SOP libraries, standard operating procedures, stuff like that, and KPI dashboards. KPIs, oh, I should mention, KPIs stand for key performance indicators. So basically there's just success measurements. So you know this person is doing this job because of this measurement, this number, this metric. So I I really believe in making sure that we're in. Im- building out and looking for ways to really utilize the fact that we can measure success on it for a team member, especially because our ROI does depend on it. In small business, our teams are by far and away our biggest expense. And so we do want to make sure that we are having a return on the investment that we're making in our people. Sometimes those things are going to be measurable and sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're just going to be that you enjoy going to work each day, that you enjoy the ability to collaborate with your team members, things like that. And that's also 100% and totally fine. Okay, so that's all we've got for today. I hope this was helpful. Please check out the show notes if you were not taking notes because that felt a little bit like a lecture. And we'll have everything all shaken out there for you. Um, And I do want to say that we have a... Dear friend and client Jordan King coming on to chat all about the overhaul of her team over the last year and how her business model and her team structure have really impacted the way that she looks at building a team and what happens when you convert business owners to employees and some of the pitfalls of making contractors into employees. This will be an ongoing discussion in this episode and future episodes. But one of the things that I've really enjoyed and have loved about working with Jordan is her ability to show up as a leader in her business and also be really clear and transparent about the things that go on behind the scenes and how impactful having the right team in the right places can be and also how much it changes and develops over time. So make sure that you tune in to On The Up and Up when we chat with Jordan King next week about this very important topic. And hopefully you got something out of today's episode. If you're listening to this, you've stuck with me for this entire episode. And for that, I say thank you. I hope you found as much value in this week's topic as I do. If so, be sure to follow, rate, and review On the Up and Up podcast. You'll be helping others find the fun in HR too. Follow us on social media and join us next Wednesday for your weekly dose of On the Up and Up.